0: Good. Yeah, dry. Oh. <laughs> that
1: helped perk you up? Sure will. Wow.
0: I'm Margaret Pothig and this is Keeping Dad Alive.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was a nice little nap I had, man. I love that. I love napping. I do. <laughs> you love napping? Oh yes, I do. You don't know what that means for me. Oh man, I just feel so wonderful
0: for the last two months my 96 year old dad richard has been bedbound he is in hospice this season of the podcast is about vocation and this episode is about the vocation of caregiving for older adults who can no longer take care of themselves your feet are all up against the end of the bed here. Oh, i know Check. i'm gonna put your head down with the so i want to put you up. Hospice delivered a hospital bed. This one is too short for my dad. He's always slipping down and jamming his feet up against the baseboard. Are we going to pull him up? We should do it this way because, um, remember... Since he entered hospice two months ago, my dad has lost a lot of weight and also a lot of strength. It takes two people to move him. Stephanie and I are standing on opposite sides of the bed, grabbing the ends of a folded sheet that is laid out under the middle of his body. Lifting him is hard for me because I injured my shoulder a couple months ago. One, two, three. Whoa! Wow! Yeah! Yeah. 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 That (laughs)
1: sick way up. That that won't get up. All the jelly beans in me just rattle away there.
0: (laughs) The jelly beans?
1: Yeah, whatever they got in there.
0: Okay, Dad, lift your arm. Lift it up. Uh, One of us kids, at least, has been able to be with him every day. I've been here in Philadelphia for almost a month, but my dad needs somebody with him 24 hours a day. So we've hired caregivers from an independent home care company called Home Instead. They work in 12-hour shifts, day and night. We are fortunate that we can afford this. Here is Tanisha, one of dad's caregivers.
2: People often think, like, oh, it's an easy job, or, anybody could do it and that's not the case only certain people can be caregivers like you have to have the heart for it you have to have the mindset for it it's after 8 p.m
0: and tanisha has just started the night shift
2: i almost attribute it to like my role as a mom it's like stepping from home to home almost like because (laughs) i give the same level to as if this was my own family member so it it does take something out of you It's, it's it can be a lot it can sometimes be emotionally a lot, like mentally draining.
0: Let's just start from the beginning. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell the listeners something <laughs> about you that you want them to know?
2: And my name is Tanisha, um, I'm 29. I have two children. I love caregiving. It's it's really my passion. Um, I love working with the elderly. I always have since I was a little girl. My grandmom, she lived on a block, and it was a lot of older adults, and I would always be the one to, like, go sit with them, and I'm all grown up now, and most of them have, like, either passed away now, or they, some of them went to nursing homes, they weren't able to stay in their own homes, but that's when it kind of started for me to work with the elderly. This
0: is the time you guys do a little trade-off. You you, you switch places, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's the end of Tanisha's shift, and Stephanie has come to relieve her. You're always here pretty early, aren't you? Stephanie? Uh, sure, sure.
3: Uh, Tanisha's my witness. Yeah, Tanisha's your what? My witness.
0: witness yes. Yeah.
2: She's
3: always here, like. Yes, about hours. yeah, about a half
2: hour. to mm-hmm. so 20 minutes early. Yeah. What do
0: you guys do at the, during this handoff?
2: Well, for me, I just kind of explain what took place during my shift, what, to, what they might can expect. It could, if, if it was a smooth night, then that's something important. But if it was already like a tumultuous night, then you'll know like, okay, well, it's fine because this has already been going
0: on. Tanisha knows about tumultuous. One night, my dad had a nosebleed that lasted for over two hours. There was a lot of blood. She called the hospice emergency number. Then she called me, but she told me to stay home and reassured me that she could handle it. I was so grateful because I do not handle blood well. I'm going to lift you up and Stephanie's going to put the pillow behind your back. Oh boy. Stephanie does the day shift. She's tall and strong and can lift my dad like she's throwing a blanket on the bed. Now the idea is for you just to keep your head up like that.
1: Yeah, I know, because my head always ends up.
0: Your head, yeah, your neck needs
1: strengthening. It does, it does, it does, it does. I agree with you. Also. We'll
0: turn on some TV so you got something to look at and you won't be thinking about how tired your neck is.
3: Legs. <laughs> ah. Yesterday! Give me a run! Either you wanted to watch a TV, PSB PS, or PBS? Yeah.
0: Want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Oh, my name is Stephanie Heazer,
3: H-A-Z-L-E, Heazer. I'm from Jamaica. I have two children. They are 25 and 28, a boy and a girl. I'm here in Philadelphia. I left Jamaica in 2006. So I've been here almost 15, 16, somewhere there, somewhere yeah. there years. Yes, so uh, get the love. For this job, what I'm doing right now as I speak.
0: For 11 of those years, Stephanie worked directly for a client who lived in another senior residence nearby. It's a lot easier for a caregiver when their client lives in a retirement center because they can meet other caregivers and make friends.
3: I had a girlfriend that I come in early in the morning because I was supposed to start at 11, mm-hmm. and I always there to help her wash his client. Mm-hmm she alone cannot do and Earth was a private job also
0: mm-hmm.
3: so i always come in early
0: in a private job the caregiver works directly for the client instead of for a company it costs less for the client savings that they can pass on to the caregiver in higher wages but it's not easy to set that up especially if you need 24-hour coverage and for the caregivers to get those gigs, they have to have connections. Even you weren't being paid, you just helped your no, friend. No, 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 no. You're just helping. Because no. it's hard to do some of these things it, by yourself, right? It's so hard. I know it's hard. One of the things I really like about Stephanie is her sense of humor. If I'm not working, they would call me and Steph, we
3: miss you. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you. I said, Am I looking at I live to you? I'm not. <laughs> I said, I'm not your eye. She said, Steph, you are the eye leaf. I said, no, I'm not your eye <laughs> Is that ear. the machine that yeah, helps the, people yeah. that get lifts, get mm-hmm. lifted up? Mm-hmm. Okay, I see you're like a machine that yeah.
0: helps lift people. Yeah. You're, you're very strong. Do you do try to build your strength yeah. to keep it up so you don't get injured? I mean, we, that's an issue, right?
3: Yeah, when you're lifting, you, can't, you have to lift with your feet.
0: Yeah, because people get hurt if they don't do it right. Stephanie and I often find ourselves talking about food, Jamaican food especially, and how she likes to prepare it. It's something Stephanie used to do back home in Jamaica for her mom, who was a diabetic.
3: My mom, she's diabetic, but she wasn't that sick when I leave in 2006. And then as I leave, and my other sister leave, she just go down ill, and I wasn't even there at the time when she passed mm-hmm. so I could be of that help, yeah. take care of her the way. Because I'm telling myself, if maybe if I was there, she would live a little more longer because when I was there, I used to cook her food the way she's supposed mm-hmm. to have her food. So that, that drive me more, more.
1: The caregivers, Dad. I say that the private caregivers are the ones who really save human (laughs) beings and life. They do, and that is really what we should be behind in our government programs. That's uh, that's spoken from a man who is 97 years old. 96, Dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to keep you on it. 1996
1: in '97. But you can be thankful that we have a government that provides the help to keep people going. All yes, right.
0: so. Just to be clear, the government pays for hospice, and the family is paying for the private caregivers. The hospice team consists of a nurse, a social worker, a chaplain, a music therapist, and aides who drop by in the morning to wash him. It's a tremendous Medicare benefit, but it doesn't cover everything. Oh, but all it.
1: in all, everybody's helping one another.
0: That's right.
1: And here we are, people come on time, and they, they feel responsible for the people they're caring for. Now, what more can you ask for?
0: What more can you ask for? good
1: feeling isn't it dad it's a good feeling
0: yeah it is we have medicare in the united states to cover the health needs of older adults but it doesn't cover long-term care at home or in a nursing facility long-term services and supports is a medicaid not medicare benefit that is provided by each state for people with low income and limited assets who need a higher level of care in most states Medicaid covers some home and community-based services, but if an older adult can't be adequately cared for at home, they go to a nursing home.
2: I love doing home care. Here's Tanisha again. It's different than being in a nursing home or a hospital. Did
0: you work in a nursing home?
2: No, I didn't work in a nursing home, but
0: I took a CNA class. CNA is short for Certified Nursing Assistant.
2: And that's how I found out about nursing homes and how I found out about like nursing home abuse and neglect and when I went for like my clinicals I was able to see for myself just like the the lack of care and like I said even if you don't intend that it's impossible because you could have a caseload easy of 15 to 20 people and to one person I don't personally like nursing homes, because even if you're someone who intends to give the absolute best care, the workload is impossible to manage that. So that's what made me want to start doing home care to help people stay in their homes Mm -hmm. because it's how you get the best care.
0: For families who don't have the resources that we do, or the job benefits and flexibilities that we have, the sacrifices to care for a loved one at home would be enormous. Some of the caregivers I met while caring for my dad and my mom have talked about having to quit their jobs so they could help care for a parent. For many, a nursing home is the only option. President Biden's Build Back Better plan, also known as the Reconciliation Package in Congress right now, includes an expansion of Medicaid home and community-based services that would help more people get care in their home. Uh, uh. It's the hospice nurse calling. Hello. Oh, the oxygen machine is broken and it broke just as my dad was choking on some food. He seems better now. Turned it on and nothing happened. On the day the oxygen machine broke down, I was with dad's caregiver, Scarmientha, Scar for short. She works on Sunday. We bonded over our shared fright. Yeah. You're getting out of breath, I think. Yeah, I know what. Take some low, slow breaths, okay? Relax. You did it good today. We got our oxygen machine, and your scar with... Oh yeah, oxygen machine, to the, to the rescue. <laughs> we, 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 we worked together on that. that yeah, we going. made it through the day, together. That was a together. little bit of excitement <laughs> that we had. Fear, I mean, not fear,
1: not fear, but... <laughs> it really
4: was. My name is Scarmienta Cordio, and I am from Haiti. I am currently pursuing my degree in nursing, and... My inspiring dream is to become a nurse practitioner, hopefully a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Yes, I am one of 12 siblings. I am the fifth oldest. My oldest brother is an engineer and my two other brothers, one is a real estator, one is planning to be a real estator and my sister's in medical school and I am in nursing school. We've been here for About 10 years.
0: Yeah, so I understand that your caregiving experience starts with your family.
4: Yes, yes, yes. Often when I was growing up, uh, my parents, both, both of them had to work, especially when we moved here. So... I took care of my siblings when it comes to, you know, food, uh, homework, tutoring, and I also speak French. So I helped them with their French homework, you know, all the good little stuff. And then I also took care of my grandma when she um, started declining. Was she at home? Yeah, she was at home. We took care of her at home. She lives with us. I feel like eh, immigrants, Im- not all immigrants, I wouldn't say all, but like they have this tendency to want to keep everyone at home. I
0: did a whole project on it. They want to keep their parents at home. Scar studies incessantly. She is laser focused on a five to ten year plan that involves, for herself, a chance to finally enjoy the fruits of her labor. A good job, a house, and a beautiful garden. For her parents, she and her siblings plan to buy them a nice house and send them on vacations. Back to Haiti, of course, but also maybe to the pyramids in Egypt. She says the biggest driver of her ambition is to give back to Haiti in some way, most likely drawing on the medical expertise that she and her sister will have as long as they stick to their plan. Hi. Well, Dad, you know we need those
1: tall hi. Oh, hi, hi. Huh? I'm from the medicine. I'm sorry to interrupt Just... No, no, it's time yeah. for Dad's uh... wash-up time. This
0: is wash-up time, right?
1: right? Yeah. Is this with my, my friends? The. Uh...
0: From
1: hospice. Oh, good old hospice!
0: (laughs) (laughs) My dad has come a long way. It was only a year ago, during the lockdown, that we would fight about whether he needed a caregiver or not. We hired home instead for three hours, so my dad would have someone to help him in the morning, to make sure he didn't fall in the shower or even just to help button his shirts. But by the time they arrived, Dad was usually already showered and dressed. Here's Tanisha about how she helps her clients continue to feel independent. You know,
2: it's hard getting older, and it's hard to have to release that control. You're coming from being an adult, and a lot of people feel like just because you're losing out on your abilities, that now you deserve to be treated like a child, and that's not. It's not the case. I had a client one time, it took her a long time to warm up, and I feel like nobody really understood the fact that it was hard for her having to accept help going to the bathroom. So what I did was allow her to be as independent as she was able to be, and I would still ask her, is it okay if I come in? I would knock on the door before I came in. Those small things, they really make a big difference whether they waste it or not, it's an uncomfortable position to be in. So it's like, you know, just trying to preserve somebody's honor and dignity as much as you can.
0: My name is Mercedes
5: Dawson, and I'm a caregiver.
0: Mercedes is Dad's caregiver on Tuesdays. She's had a lot of experience with clients on hospice. I've been doing this since
5: early nineties and it's an experience.
0: So what are the highs and lows for you of caregiving as a career? The lows is when I have to do
5: hospice care. That's the lows. Tell me about that. It's when you're dying, there is a special company who comes in to make sure you're comfortable. Some people revive back, some don't. What about the highs? What do you like about it? When they revive back! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, when they come back alive. Because being on hospice do not mean that you're going to pass right away. Mm -hmm. You can be there for years. It all depends. I did one a month ago, two months ago. And it took a lot out of me, because that man was so nice. And he wanted to go because he was asking to go. And I said to him, it's not up to you. It's up to the big guy up there. you know. Mm-hmm. So you just have to just relax. And we are here to help you.
0: It's hard to relax when you're having to talk over the sound of this old oxygen machine. For a while, Dad was on oxygen all the time, but it was contributing to a problem he was having with nosebleeds. I am reading the instructions for a nosebleed. Bernadette works the day shift. She is Googling how to stop a nosebleed on her phone. My client
6: has a nosebleed. And we're trying to figure out ways to stop it in which we did stop it
0: yes we did that was a bit of excitement this morning wasn't it <laughs> yeah that's a bit of excitement i never dealt with that before so i know a lot of
6: things but i didn't know about nose please
0: <laughs> but you learn something new every day yes you do so my heart's still palpitating from all of that yeah
6: you need to calm down i do uh-huh. my name is Bernadette jones i am a home health Aid at Homestead Senior Care, and I've been there for nine years. Maybe over 40 years I've been a caregiver, I've worked with three to four agencies, a nursing home that was in Mobile, Alabama,
0: and maybe three agencies in Philadelphia. Bernadette told me that at one time she thought about becoming a nurse, but decided against it because she didn't think she could handle the blood. She knows dad from working in the building for such a long time, and by now, she and the other caregivers have been taking care of him for two months. It only took a week for dad's nosebleeds to get extremely bad. The worst one lasted three hours. My brother got up in the middle of the night and went over to help the caregiver. We all realized we wouldn't be able to keep dad in hospice at home if this problem continued. Dad's hospice nurse arrived early the next morning with a new protocol to stop the nosebleeds that she and the hospice doctor had formulated.
6: What you got to say, Mr. Yeah. Richard?
1: I got to say, I want to know what we said the last time we met.
0: You want to know what the upshot was of the conversation Yes we had yes this morning, probably, right? That's right. Okay.
1: There was a lot of stuff going down.
0: It was
6: a lot of stuff
0: stuff going down. (laughs) The new protocol involves treating the nasal passages with some saline and ointment, taking dad off the oxygen except when he really needs it, and giving him morphine at night to help relax and ease his breathing. The excitement with the nosebleed you had on Saturday night and the nosebleed that you had last night which were like marathon nosebleeds. They you
1: were.
0: You're the one who experienced them. I didn't. How was that?
1: Scary. Scary. Very scary. Oh wow.
0: I bet it was.
1: I mean, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure it was going to stop. I mm-hmm. know. And I thought to myself, okay. Now if it doesn't stop. What does that mean? Does it mean I I just uh, my blood and oxygen, and I, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. You uh, thought you were
0: gonna die? Yeah. You are afraid you were
1: gonna I die? I thought I was.
6: Yeah. Well, did they bleed that bad when you had them earlier in your life? they were not,
1: as bad. Oh. I'm sorry that uh, you had to... No, no, don't, don't, don't feel sorry. Uh-huh. It's all part of the game. It's all part of the game.
0: Is there anything else? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. What?
1: Something very important. What is it? The drug I'm supposed to take. Morphine? Yeah.
0: Yes. so that has to do with the breathing at night. Dad's doctor had told Dad before he went on hospice that the morphine would calm him, but also hasten his death. The nosebleeds were unsustainable. It didn't seem to me like we had much of a choice. To relax, along with the melatonin, and it should put you into a good sleep. What do you think about
1: that, Dad? Oh, I, that, that's a solution.
0: That's
1: a, okay. Yeah, so I don't know anything about that except what she says. That's true for us.
6: Too. But you won't have to have the you won't have to have the oxygen on. Oh yeah. Yeah, you won't have to have the oxygen on when they give you the morphine
0: at night. As I put the finishing touches on this episode, my dad hasn't had a new nosebleed since we began the new protocol a week ago. Thank goodness. But he is making his final transition. Over the past month, I've seen my dad prepare for his departure in a variety of ways, as in this example. I got
1: my mic on. Dad. I hope that's okay. Yeah, no, perfectly okay. <laughs> In one of these uh, drawers here, yeah. top drawer, I think it's this one. It's the thing you prepared for me.
0: I prepared something for you. What <laughs> was for it? For
1: paying my state and and national income tax. You know what? I brought that
0: stuff
1: home. Oh. Okay, well, I gotta pay it. It's the fifteenth, isn't it?
0: Actually, it's October twenty-eighth. Yes, it's mm-hmm. October twenty-eighth, and you know what? You paid your you paid the last quarter before September fifteenth, so you're good.
1: Wow, that's good. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Oh, okay.
0: You're all set with your taxes, Dad.
1: What do you know?
0: What do you know? Is that what you were, you've were? you been lying awake thinking about your That's taxes? That's why I've
1: been worrying about my taxes. <laughs> yeah. You,
0: you, you care about the taxes, don't you? I do. It's important to pay them.
1: Sure, so the government can run. Yeah.
0: I think when the time comes, my dad will be ready, but I'm acutely aware that we're asking a lot of the caregivers to possibly be the only person with dad when he dies. The hospice nurse has said he could have respiratory failure at any time, and if it happens, she said, sit him up, give him the oxygen and a dose of morphine and a lorazepam and hold his hand be a comforting presence. Here's Stephanie again, remembering what it was like to care for the client she had had for 11 years.
3: It's, it's hard um, when you know them in the beginning and then you see they're going down ill. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't at a point where you cannot do nothing about it. Then just give them comfort and make their comfortable. I used to sit, sit with my lady. She's not eating, she's not drinking, but she's in bed and I just, there's a chair and I just sit beside her and all she wants is to just to hold onto my hand and she's comfortable. And every time I look around for her, she give me a smile. I just hold her hand and just sit there with her all day, 11 to seven. I just sit there with her, make sure so she's dry, and she comforted her. Now and then I just wet her mouth with the sponge.
0: I am honored that dad's caregivers were willing to share their stories with me, and I thank every one of them for participating. Bernadette was reluctant at first to be interviewed for the podcast, but I'm really glad she finally agreed to tell her story.
6: I always told my dad if he got sick and couldn't do for himself, then I would take care of him. And that's what I did. Uh, he lived in Mobile, Alabama. He was sick, um, diagnosed with lung cancer, bone cancer, and he started to deteriorate. He didn't want to go back to the, into the hospital, so he stayed at home. Um, Me and his wife took care of him, along with some other siblings. But as he's deteriorating, he starts to do different things like get out of bed on his own. Um, He's fell. That's when um, his hospice nurse decided to give him medicine to calm him down and to... I say they put him to sleep. That's what I say. It was at nighttime, and we all took turns sitting in the room with him. Well, everybody decided. All my sisters, my stepmom, all of them, all they all decided to disappear for some reason. My sister went and got in the tub, my stepmom went in the living room, and everybody else just went their own way. So I was the one left to go sit in this room. And I sat in this room in the rocking chair and I just watched him. And he looked at me as if to say, Burnley, are you gonna do something? Um, You gonna help me here? Are you gonna talk to me or whatever? I finally got up, went over to his bed, sat down, He had his eyes open and then I held his hand and he closed his eyes and he died. And that was it. I didn't cry, I didn't moan or anything because I felt like I had did exactly what I told him that I was gonna do so I felt good about that. So that's it,
0: that's it. For
6: sharing that story. Mm-hmm. Now you're
0: making
6: me cry. <laughs> now, you're making me cry. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: you're making me cry. So. My dad often uses the word overwhelmed to describe how he is feeling these days. He means it in a good way. He is fully conscious of the workers who have come to help him spend his last days in comfort the caregivers and the entire Home Instead team, the hospice team and his doctor, his physical therapist, who was just a week ago getting him to exercise, and the staff at Dad's senior living residence, especially the employee, whoever you are, who brought Dad a whole package of blueberries and strawberries one day. Dad feels extremely lucky I can speak for him when I say how much he appreciates you, all of you, and what you have done for our family. The music in this podcast is by Blue Dot Sessions.